With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Again, your home for K-State Athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Okay, so let's look at it this way. It was definitely pass interference in the end zone. But was that a late hit on Patrick Mahomes? Now, the the major differences are the late hit's 15 yards. Pass interference gives you the ball, what, the two-yard line? One-yard line? That's a tough loss for Kansas City yesterday at Lambeau Field. That was a very beatable Green Bay team who's doing better. Oh, yeah. But, um, man, that was a tough one to watch if you're a Chiefs fan. No question. I thought Jordan Love played very well. He is very certainly well, yeah. getting better. They've got some good young talent uh, around him in the skill positions. Their O-line is better than I probably thought they were going to be. Um, Kansas City had their chances. But, you know, when you're on the road and the first two possessions were and you're in the red zone and you get field goals where as they get touchdowns, you're putting yourself in harm's way, and that's exactly what happened. Welcome to Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. AJ Shaw is on our board today. Our phone number is 537-1350. If you want to call in and give you your thoughts on K-State football, K-State men's basketball, K-State women's basketball, transfer portal, whatever the Cats <laughs> are up to these days, we're more than open to talk about it. Uh, coming up here in just a few moments, we'll talk bowl game, plus K-State men going to t- overtime the last two victories in quad four games. But also, I announced this on Twitter and uh, and on the K-Man Facebook page earlier today, not once, but twice today, during today's show, I'm giving away two tickets to K-State Villanova tomorrow night at 6 o'clock from Bramlage Coliseum. Guys, this is a sold-out game. And I have two pairs of tickets for free to give away to a couple of lucky listeners uh, to go to tomorrow night's game. Again, that's a 6 o'clock tip-off. It's an earlier one. Tuesday night should be a very awesome environment. No doubt about it, the best environment in Bramlage so far this year. So here's how we're going to do it. Uh, First pair going to go out the door at the end of this segment. So it's coming up here soon. So roughly 420, 425-ish. Fast forward an hour, about 520 is when we're going to give away the second pair. So if you miss out on the first pair, you'll have another opportunity an hour later. But once again, I do mention that if you know you can use the tickets, try to win. 
if you if you're not going to the game, highly suggest on trying. Um, too many tickets been left on that front counter. So I, I really love to give away the tickets to those that know they can go. And by the way, pick up the tickets by five o'clock tomorrow. So hopefully we're all squared away. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah. And I really, you know, I don't make many promises in life, but I will tell you that I think this will be a really entertaining game. Different style teams, um, two talented teams, two talented coaches. The atmosphere, you're right, should be terrific. Everybody's been talking about this game uh, on the Wildcats' non-con schedule. Now, it's very interesting to to talk about Villanova in that back-to-back-to-back, they beat Texas Tech, North Carolina, and Memphis in the tournament. And then since that time, they have lost to Big Five brethren, if you will, those Philadelphia Five that everybody plays everybody over, over the course of the, the non-conference season. They lost to St. Joe's and to Drexel. <laughs> so they've been a little bit it's up and odds, down, yeah, but they, they are a, a talented team. And they when you come to the game tomorrow night, you will see a big team. This is a team, I'll give you just one example. Eric Dixon is probably their best player. He's 6'8 and 255. Big dude. Good player. Steps out to three. You'll, you'll enjoy the game. So if, if you're in for those free tickets, jump in at 420-ish. And that's a really solid preview because at 520 or uh, 525-ish, uh, in hour number two, we will get more into Villanova. We'll, we'll preview the matchup, what to expect tomorrow night in Bramlage. Let's kick things off with K-State football. The big news announced yesterday that it was the bowl game we were expecting. We just didn't know who the opponent was going to be. But K-State, for the first time ever, will be going to a bowl game in the state of Florida and just playing in Florida for the seventh time ever as the Wildcats, number 25th in the nation in the final college football playoff poll, will play number 18 NC State for the first time ever. Why does one ask? It's the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando, Florida from Camping World Stadium. You know, give me uh, give me an idea on how excited you are just for this matchup in this game. Well, I was really excited yesterday afternoon because I had a chance to visit with Coach Kleiman right before the Zoom presser that he did, um, and and I think uh, the Wildcats are going to be pumped up to to go to Florida and play this game. I think they're playing a really good quality opponent, and then uh, Ryan Lackey, who you know very well, uh, handles K State football media relations. Uh, for K-State Athletics, he is on a site visit in Orlando today. Nice. He did all of that media stuff yesterday that ran a couple of hours late because they were, you know, our matchup, we were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting where most everybody else in the Big 12 knew where they were headed. But then he had all of that stuff to do last night, and then he had about a 3 o'clock wake-up call to uh, drive to Kansas City, fly to Orlando, and do that site visit today. But he sent me a picture and a little video of of a little bit of the stadium and the press box view and those kind of things, and it's like, let's go, I'm ready. And I'm sure he, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he wasn't the only one to hop on a plane today and, and head down because I'm sure yeah, there's people a from whole, fan experience. Yeah, there, there's a group that uh, Joni Smoller, I believe, went. He went. Frank Trace. Oh, I'm probably going to leave a few people out, but there are several. Uh, I think Jill Shields maybe okay. was one that had gone. But there are, you know, probably four or five or six representatives of K State that they go down, and and basically check out virtually everything, um, the pep rally site, the stadium site, the the hotel, all of the surrounding area, and all of that, and then they come back and get ready to, on the twenty third of December, take take uh, a very very large contingent of of a K State football team down there. 
I've been down to Orlando many times. I really I enjoy uh, that area. Yeah. I, my parents, my dad specifically, uh, is a big fan of Disney World. Okay. Um, and he wants to go down there all the time. And I'm like, Dad, can we try Universal Studios once? <laughs> I hear that's pretty awesome as well. AJ's given us a thumbs up. Yeah, I I've heard that. it's better than Disney World. Really? Um, but uh, also, you know, it's the stadium is downtown. And it, it's, I mean, from downtown Orlando, there's like a pretty uh, pretty fun little area where there's a bunch of restaurants and bars, mm-hmm. a, a fun place to go hang out in one little area. And it's, the stadium is a straight shot walking distance to the West. So, I, you know, just from the layout from where the stadium is to where fans can gather and go have a good time, it's very doable to do it all in one day and be able to walk back and forth or whatever. You bet. It seems pretty convenient. And I and I did it once upon a time, you know, in between the football stadium and downtown Orlando is where the Orlando City SC MLS team plays. That stadium is right down there as well. Uh, the, the stadium itself is really just a concrete carcass of a stadium. It's nothing special, um, but there's like a lot of a lot of lakes in that area as well. So Orlando's a really neat area. I'm looking forward to it. And you're probably <clears throat> 45 me. minutes to an hour away from the Atlantic Ocean. So if you want to go to the beach, it's not sure. too far of a drive. Just if you do decide to drive, there are a ton of tolls in that area. So if you rent a car, maybe get an agreement with whoever you're renting from, and they'll just take care of the tolls for you <laughs> at a flat rate yeah. uh, because you'll run into a whole bunch of them. AJ, have you uh, have you ever you've been down to Orlando before? Yes, I've been down multiple times. I think I've been down there four times now. Really? So for different things. It will be my first, um, but I'm very much looking forward to it on on lots of different levels. Um, I think it has the potential to be a pretty interesting and entertaining football matchup, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Um, I, I, um, I think based on how hard I'm hearing from some K-Staters that it's been to get tickets to fly – I think K-State will have a pretty good uh, contingent slash turnout for this one. Uh, some have speculated, and I understand it, that this is a little tougher trip than maybe to Houston, uh, you know, whether it's a drive or whatever it might be. But And, and I understand that, but I still think uh, we'll have a pretty good turnout. Um, and, um, again, playing in Florida for the first time uh, with, with a bowl team, hey, nothing like that first time, right? Regardless of where you're going. Well, for sure. And, and I think a lot of people are excited about that. And I'm sure, I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed warm weather. At least I hope so. Sure. Um, it's the middle of Florida. If you want to drive, I mean, best of luck. That is a grind of a drive. It's about 20 hours without stopping. Mm-hmm. Does not count for staying overnight or anything. It's at least a two-day trip. There will so, be people to do it, though. Oh, for sure. I, well, yeah. I know, I already know people that are going to do it. I'm like, you do that, I'm going to go ahead and... W- wouldn't recommend gonna, it. Yeah, I'm going to pay the money... And fly, even though it's going to be expensive. I saw the flights out of Kansas City were bumped up a little bit today, depending on when you fly out. Sure. I think Troy and I are going to fly out Christmas Day. Okay. Because I know the media stuff is going to begin the next day, mm-hmm. and we want to be able to do all the reports and stuff, be ready to go, settled in. Uh, luckily, all the media stuff is in the media hotel, which is very convenient. Can't say that for the Texas Bowl. I'm glad we avoided that that bowl game. Which is the media hotel? Uh, I forget the name of it. Oh, now. It's, it doesn't matter. It's okay. I just thought you. I'll look know. it up during the break. Okay. Uh, but it is very affordable. That which was nice to see. And that's another yeah. thing about Orlando, 
is because of all the, the, the theme parks, the resorts, there are a ton of hotels. And typically, if you want a, a decent one, they're not very expensive. Sure. But it just depends yeah. on uh, on where you're at. May, may have a little bit of a drive to get to the bowl game or an Uber or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna you're not going to hopefully pay an arm and a leg for a hotel room for three or four days. Yeah. I would... I would really love to know this. If it's, it'd be very difficult to to find this out, but let's say just for every ten K State groups that go, how many of them stay two days? How many of them stay three or four or five days? Wouldn't you love to know that? Because you know I've been doing a lot of bowl games at K State over the years, and it's amazing to me how many people are there for almost the duration of how long the team is there. That's pretty impressive. Well, so I was surprised last year for the Sugar Bowl. The game was uh, New Year's Eve, and I arrived three days early. And I went. I, I got there at night, and I was going to go. The hotel was right next to Bourbon Street. I was like, I was going to go take a walk. I've been there many times, but I was mm-hmm. like, just curious to see how much purple there was. Hardly saw any other than a couple of players I ran into. Is that right? So I was I was surprised it was a bit of a late arriving bull crowd. But you know maybe this will be a little bit different. Yeah, I don't who know. Knows? You know Orlando yeah. again. It's it's a very unique place. There's more to do than just Disney World. I can promise you that. All within driving distance. Uh, and another thing I'm excited for. I'm just excited for like a different type of opponent. You know. The last time K State played an ACC team was Miami in twelve. Yeah, the last been a while. the last time K State played in the state of Florida was Miami in eleven. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot That's of Colin Klein era. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that hasn't happened in a long time. Sure, and now it's all going to come together in one bowl game. And there are a few little ties there that I've noticed already in the in the small amount of preparation that I've done since yesterday afternoon. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. I'm sure you are aware of the fact that Dave Doran, their head coach spent some time as an assistant at the University of Kansas. Yeah, Their defensive coordinator, Tony Gibson, we're somewhat familiar with in the Big 12 from his time at West Virginia with Dana Holgerson. So it's going to be different, but but again, it isn't just totally brand new either. Looking very much forward to that. All right, one more thing before we give away a couple of tickets here, Wyatt, because it is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I'm sure there's been a few boxes of Pop-Tarts um, around – K-State Athletics today. Favorite Pop-Tart, guys. Well, that was, but I, I was going to say right before that, I'm not a Pop-Tart guy. I've You're never not. really been a big fan of them. But they've also been around for a pretty long time. They have. So, I, Wyatt, are you a fan of them? Do you have a favorite flavor? I, you know, AJ what go. I would say is, um, okay, I'm trying to remember from yesterday, Kleiman's favorite was something chocolate, right? Do you remember that? I was I was going over to the uh, Manhattan High uh, football uh, banquet <laughs> like, at the, yeah, while okay. that press conference was going. I, guess I didn't it get to hear it. Matter, but I think it was something chocolate, and I think Dave Dorn's was something uh, cinnamon-ish. Uh, I would have to tell okay. you that that, uh, and again, I haven't eaten them for a long, long time. Uh, I think when I was a kid, so they have been around a long time, right? Um, but I, I would say strawberry. I'm kind of a strawberry guy anyway. I like strawberry. Do you, you pick, like? I, I love strawberry. Yeah. Now, if you were to make a PB and J, would you go strawberry or grape jelly? Troy Coverdale just texted me and said chocolate fudge was Clemens. Oh, chocolate okay. fudge. Thank okay. you, Troy. Appreciate that. Well, um, AJ that makes you sense. Want... Chocolate fudge sounds good. AJ, do you have a favorite? So I, I'm like Wyatt. I haven't had them in a long time. I'd say frosted brown sugar was the one I liked a lot. 
Yeah, that's probably pretty good stuff. <laughs> I'm looking up. I know s'mores is a very popular one. Blueberry is a very popular oh, I one. Do, do, I do blueberry too. I remember yeah. though as a kid, and I remember when they came out, there was a cookies and cream pop tart, and I really liked that one. But really? again, I I have not had a pop tart since I was a kid, and I don't really care to. I just think it's like too much crust on the ends, and there's not much to it really. Ryan Gilbert says Jerome Tang's favorite is strawberry without the icing. Yeah, because really? he said earlier today that uh, it's because he kind of uh, pretended it was healthy or something like that. Like it's a healthier option when you don't go with the frost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably right. All right. It's time to give away a first pair of these K-State Villanova tickets. Again, the Cats taking on the Villanova Wildcats tomorrow night in Bramlage at 6 o'clock. Um, and uh, if you want a pair of tickets, right now is the time to call in. I'm going to take caller number 6, 537-1350. Caller number 6 winning two tickets to K-State Villanova tomorrow night. you got to be able to pick up the tickets by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Time to win these tickets right now. 537-1350. Caller number 6 for K-State Villanova tickets. We take our first break on Wildcat Insider. On Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, Wyatt Thompson, A.J. Shaw wearing a lavender polo today. I like it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're, we're all trying to dress up around here and press the new GM. Oh, yeah? Is that the deal? Impress the new guy? I guess. Good. How's he doing? So far, so good? You know, not too bad. We had a meeting earlier today to discuss... <laughs> The trip to Orlando, yeah. organizing a few things. Want to make sure it's uh, top-notch reporting from Orlando from Troy and myself. There you go. Uh, we have our first winner of uh, K-State Villanova tickets for tomorrow night, 6 o'clock tip from Bramlage, the Big East Big 12 Challenge. Uh, congratulations to Nathan from right here in Manhattan, uh, winner of the two tickets, and I have two more to give away. We're going to do it uh, in about 50 minutes from now, so don't go anywhere. Stick around, listen to some top-notch radio, and uh, best of luck winning these next pair of tickets to a sold-out game, by the way. That's you know hit number one. This is going to be a really fun environment. Meanwhile, the last two home games for the K-State men's basketball team, well, let's be real, they've been eventful. Oh, yeah. But maybe not, uh, you know, it wasn't expected to be that eventful. Because it was two quad four teams visiting Manhattan, and he figured K-State should just be able to tear, take care of business, but not exactly the case. They won both games, but it took overtime. Last week, knocking off um, Oral Roberts 
88-78 in OT, and then beat North Alabama on Saturday, 75-74. to um, You know, after the Oral Roberts game, I still felt, I, I felt very optimistic. You know, I just thought, hey, they, they hit some shots. K-State should have probably played a little bit better on defense. They changed it up a little bit in the second half. And then for Oral Roberts, I mean, boy, Isaac McBride was just going off, and he finished with 25 points. Jalen Bedford with 23. He hit five threes in the game. They had a couple of guys that were just a little bit better in that game. But then when it happens again, and maybe it's not the same thing, but K-State still struggles. They trailed for most of the game against North Alabama on Saturday, and it took another clutch finish for the Cats to force overtime. Tyler Perry involved in both clutch finishes, I guess, of the of regulation. Oh, yeah. Um, the tying three against North Alabama with eight seconds to go, and then he had the and one on a three-pointer that he hit and got the four-point play, but then the Cats let go of that four-point lead with a minute to go. It's been uh, – it's been a grind the last two games, but I, I will be quite honest with you. My optimism, it, it went down a little bit after a struggle with North Alabama, to be fair. Well, it's really an interesting situation because you're right. I don't I don't think anybody expected showing up at Bramlage in the last two games to see K-State go to overtime. I, I think it would be fair to say, and I think you said it well, that ORU played well. And they shot the ball well. K-State has had some challenges defensively, but give them a lot of credit. Isaac McBride was a key. He made 10 of 16 shots for his 25-point game. And uh, that was pretty troublesome trying to get him slowed down. Different game, but somewhat of an odd way to say this, but similar theme in that what hurt K-State against North Alabama? Point guard. Jakari Lane. He was good. Mm -hmm. And... They didn't shoot the ball the same way, <clears throat> but they gave K-State some fits uh, with him off the bounce and you know just shooting the ball. What I would say is, is I think, just going to cut to the chase here, K-State was exceptionally fortunate to win the game against North Alabama. If, if, if uh, Natalian Brown hits that free throw late, I don't see K-State coming back to win that game. But when he missed... It gave Tyler a chance to tie the game. Now, again, that's speculation on my part. I get it. But I don't think they win the game if he makes that free throw and they go up four. But he misses. K-State gets that. And then they find a way in overtime. And it was boom, boom, boom. They were up, you know, six right away and still had to hang on (laughs) all the way till almost the final gun. Uh, That game was a little bit scary. Um I, I know that um, this team is still trying to find itself in, in many, many ways on the defensive end, but still a ways to go. This was uh, Jerome Tang after the win over North Alabama. Hats off to North Alabama. thought for 39 minutes they were better than we were, played harder. They'd, we didn't deserve to win that game, but guys figured out a way last minute of regulation and then in overtime, and, you know, just uh, that's a credit to our guys grit and toughness and togetherness and uh, thankful that we figured out a way and um, now we can wash it and on to the next one. To me, other than clutch plays 
making them at the right time, maybe a little bit of luck mixed in there as well, especially at the North Alabama game towards the end and in overtime, then missing some shots, the ones they were maybe making earlier. There was one major key of K-State winning these last two games. Fouls. Major difference. Um, I forget the head coach, Oral Roberts' his name, but... Um, oh, the- Coach Springman. In the second half, he was extremely frustrated with the way the whistles were going. And from my vantage point, to be quite honest with you, didn't blame him. Yeah. Because I thought K-State was getting some calls more than Oral Roberts was, and it wasn't exactly even. I'm just being what, honest about what I saw. Sure. I would have been very frustrated if I was Oral Roberts. Meanwhile, against North Alabama, K-State was more driving to the hoop, drawing fouls, and then they go to the free throw line. 48 times, Mm -hmm. including 28 times in the second half. There was one point where I remember Matt saying, Wyatt, K-State has taken 43 foul shots and 42 field goal attempts. (laughs) It's like, you never see that. I mean, you just don't. But 34 of 48 kind of helps them survive it. And I I like those comments from Coach Tang because – you know, they didn't they didn't play very well, and yet they did somehow, some way, find a way. And now you wash it and move on, and again learn from it. I don't mean to ignore it, but I thought wash it was an interesting term because you you want to deal with it and get better because of it, but then you want to let it go and move on, and and hopefully get stronger and better with it, and hopefully that'll be the case. Yeah, and I, you know, you know, I don't want it to sound like I'm complaining that case they got some whistles. You know, they're 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 blue blood. They were playing at home. Yeah, you know, um, but obviously foul calls were a major part of both of those games. And, and good for K State to draw a ton of them uh, in the North Alabama game and get to the free throw line 48 times. But I mean, like I said earlier, if I was Oral Roberts and the 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 foul differential was 19 to nine, I'd be pretty fired up about that. But K State was the benefit. They benefited from the calls going their way, yeah. and they were able to capitalize. It's, it's interesting when you look at the box score of the North Alabama game because let's remind everybody, and this is kind of good, bad, not whatever, they had five players in double figures at the end of the day but shot 35%. And listen to the main field goals. Gasson had five. Cam Carter had five. Three for Tyler Perry. Three for Jarrell Colbert. One for Kaluma. One. He was one for 10. Yeah, wild. Okay. One for RJ. One for Buddy Rich. Zero for Day Day Ames. That's 19 field goals. It was a, such a weird game. And 34 made free throws. Yeah. With, with shooting the basketball, it took forever to try to keep that 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 lid off the rim. It, I mean, just it wasn't just from three-point shooting. It was inside bunnies that just wouldn't fall. Kaluma was the biggest victim of that because he had so many opportunities around the hoop, and they, the ball just would not go in. Yeah. It was wild watching that happen. Well, they were, to put it into perspective, they were reasonable in the second half at almost 41%, 9 of 22. But yeah. you know what they were in the first half? 23%. Mm-hmm. 26 shots, 6 made shots. And yet they were only down eight. It could have been worse. 
I hate to think about it, but it probably could have been. Well, and once again, it's the same story for Tyler Perry. And I, and I don't want to act like like I'm picking on him or anything. I mean, the kid is still averaging, what, 17 points a game? I'm kind of guessing right now, just based off the last numbers, because he had 12, and I think he... He's at 17.3. That's a good guess. Yeah. 43 assists to 14 turnovers, which is excellent. And despite some shooting woes, he's still shooting 34% from three, and he's made 46. He's been to the foul line 50 times, yeah. 50 free throw well, shots. I, that's the thing. Like That's kind of the the definition of this team so far on offense. They, they still find ways to score the basketball, even though they're not shooting the ball well. But once again, TP has a very quiet first half, second half, and slash overtime, which Jerome Tang is now 8-0. In overtime games, he, he he turns it on. And it's just I don't. I said this last week. I've just never seen something like this before in a K State jersey. Where in the last five games, Tyler Perry has scored fourteen total points and has not hit a three since game three of the year. And in the second half of games, he's averaging thirteen and a half points and he scored twelve on Saturday. And drawing fouls. Yeah. And get into the foul line. I know Coach Tang had a little media gathering uh, today at noon and addressed some of those things. I was a little bit in and out on that, trying to do some travel arrangements and what have you that I had to take care of. But I, I thought it was interesting. One of the things that he talked about was, and I'm certainly paraphrasing here, but it was like when the game's on the line, Tyler's not thinking so much. He's just reactionary and, and hooping, as he called it. And, and there may be something to that. Yeah, no, maybe. Don't you, yeah, I, I really think so because he well, he has not um, done as much offensively in the first half to the second half, and everybody has seen that. Well, and you know, guard play was pretty rough. Yeah, on Saturday, and I I felt like they were passing up too many shots. To be quite honest with you, I thought TP got some open looks and decided not to take them, and they're looking to pass, and maybe it turns into an uglier shot. Another thing I really haven't liked is like the end of halves or end of regulations coming down to the wire it's tp has the ball he's going to shoot it and most of the time other than the you know, the shot that went in at, at the end of regulation or towards the end of regulation at, against north alabama they've been some pretty bad shots contested shots not what you're looking for and then the defense falls apart um at the end of regulation in both the games so and I'm sure coaches said this many times, there seems to be a lack of focus right now and too many individuals not coming together and playing as a team and being on the same page. Yeah, he he did mention, Coach Tang, after the ORU game that they had four turnovers, I believe he said, in the final five minutes of regulation, and that probably cost them in, in part why the game went to overtime. This one was a little bit different. Um because they had to score a little bit late to to get the game tied and two overtime, but still didn't play. I mean, if you go back and watch the <laughs> the last five minutes of regulation against North Alabama, and then watch the first five minutes of the overtime, it's like a different team. Their their energy level, their pace, everything was was better. Um, so they've got it in them. You just got to be a little more consistent with it. It's cool to see Jarrell Colbert have his uh, that really nice run. He finished with ten points, eight rebounds. He's the guy that got him off the deck. To, to be quite yeah. yes. And uh, if there's one thing that has been consistent this year, for the most part, it has been rebounding. Maybe offensive boards haven't been as uh, well. Actually, against or Roberts they had nineteen. They had eleven against North Alabama, but you had Kaluma with eight, Gasson with seven, Colbert with eight. Yeah, that's one thing too. 
K-State's been a good rebounding team, but they were out-rebounded Saturday 44-36 and nothing against North Alabama at all, but that should not happen. No, not at all. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, speaking of the one of the big men, he had just a point against Oral Roberts, but he came back and had 12-7. and seven. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Against North Alabama, we'll hear from K-State wing David Gesson when we come back on Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider on KMAN. Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, A.J. Shaw running our board today. Got two more tickets to give away for K-State Villanova tomorrow night, 6 o'clock from Bramlage Coliseum. If you know you can go and you want a couple of tickets, about 520, coming up here soon, 30 minutes or so from now, I'll be giving those tickets away. Nathan from Manhattan won the first pair of tickets just a few moments ago. Why well, We'd love to get your thoughts on the season right now for 6'9 wing, 220-pounder uh, from Denier Netherlands in, in David Gasson, who is a returner and right now averaging about eight points, eight rebounds a game. Really have appreciated what he has given to K-State basketball so far this year. Most of it, if I'm being honest, is the rebounding efforts. Um, David, as we all know, is long and angular, not necessarily the biggest, most physical guy. But for him to be at this particular point in the season, getting about eight, just over eight rebounds a game in 26 minutes is really, really good. The other thing that kind of, in my personal opinion, sticks out is the fact that 27 of his 65 rebounds are on the offensive end. So he's kept balls alive. He's had a few stick backs. I think he's done a really nice job. He doesn't force a lot of shots. I mean, he's 62%, 28 out of 45. He's long enough. uh, He can affect some shots. He's done a pretty good job on both ends of the floor. I think he's been one of the, if I'm being honest, I think he's been one of the more consistent guys so far. Fair? Yeah, he did just have a point uh, two games ago against Oral Roberts. That's correct. Um But so far this year, Gasson has scored double figures four times. His season high was against North Alabama with 12. And I thought in that second half in overtime, he did the right right things to get himself in a good position to score. He was in the right places at the right time. And he was a big part of that comeback and also building a lead in overtime, which unfortunately almost completely evaporated. But Casey was able to hold on uh, for a one-point win. Yeah, the rebounding has definitely stood out to me. He has a couple of double-doubles this year, 11 rebounds in two games. He had 10 rebounds in the season opener against USC. You know, A couple of things I'd like to see better. I'd like to see better ball screens, first of all. Rarely do I see him make any sort of contact or actually being in the way as a profitable ball screen. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more tough, toughness when there are bodies in the paint and he needs to go up and get some points. You yeah. know, he, he gets bumped a little bit, and he typically gets thrown off balance. Yeah, he's got to have a pretty good base, Yeah, meaning, you know, pretty, pretty much be established and be wanting to, you know, block a guy out or box a guy out. Um, 
And, and I agree with you, too, on the screens. I, I think uh, there are times when he is a, a solid screen setter. Then there are other times where he probably d- doesn't quite, you know, be strong enough with it. Um, I think he, he could improve there. But overall, I think his, his play has been pretty good. All right. Um, we are having some technical difficulties with the audio. So here's what we're going to have to do. Um, we're going to have to take a break, and when we come back, hopefully we'll get this figured out. Um, something doesn't want to play for some reason, so have to just try to reset a few things. And when we come back, want to hear from David Plus. Um, run down some bowl games in the Big 12. Sounds good. All of them announced yesterday. We'll uh, continue on with our one of Wildcat Insider next. We are up and running. This was from earlier today, the K-State Media with David Gasson. I asked this to Tyler after the last game. Where do you think you guys need to improve the most moving forward? I feel like coming out the game uh, with more focus, be sharper, and then consistency. I feel like Coach Tang says a lot. If you can do it once, you can do it all the time. And I feel like that's what we have to do against teams, no matter the level or competition. Why do you think Tyler Perry has been such a good clutch here for you guys? Um, I mean, I've been seeing it all summer and, you know, preseason. Um, he's a big-time shot taker and maker. You know, for him to step up in that moment, take us overtime was big time. But, you know, he's been making big shots all year long. So we trust in him. And, uh, I mean, he executed. Some of your defensive mistakes or errors this year, what's kind of been the cause or the culprit? You say, what's the, what's the reason for that? Um, I feel like communi- uh, communication. If we talk out there, we can fix everything. Even if we mess up, we can just talk it out and figure it out from there. But if everybody quiet and nobody's on the same page, we all just kind of running around. Um, so, yeah, communicating out there. What's kind of your take on the last two games when you win both, but neither one really goes the way you want? Right. Yeah, like you said, we won both in overtime, um, but I feel like we should have beat both in regulation. Um, I think it all starts with preparation and shoot around and then you know like I said coming out strong and focused from the beginning and not waiting till the end of the game where we figure out oh it's close like we gotta you know come on and win this game um, we gotta come out with that winning mentality we have in overtime uh, from the jump running, running a different offense this year has that taken time for the game to slow down for you guys on that end of the not necessarily. We're still trying to push the tempo, you know, get quick, easy buckets if we can. But, yeah, nah, not necessarily. <clears throat> All right, so on that last question there, I thought that was a good question from Derek Young, getting used to this new offense. You know, I've noticed from opposing defenses, they just all seem to come in with a fire lit and ready to play aggressive defense. So there's something there that they feel like they can throw off the K-State offense or slow it down and hopefully force K-State into bad shots. So, uh, well. I think that's probably pretty typical, though. I mean, if, if, with the teams that have been in here so far, I think you better be ready from the tip because I think they all know what K-State did last year. I think they know they play at a fast pace. They play hard. They do all of those kind of things. So you better pretty much be locked in and ready to go. Interesting comments there, too, about the consistency and the and the focus uh, from, from David there uh, on just the play so far. Uh, in the start to this year, because I do think consistency and, or lack thereof has plagued this team. We've seen them go through segments, Mitch, you know this, you've, you've watched, where they play some pretty good basketball. And then there are other segments where they look 
a little bit slower and a little bit stagnant. And uh, hopefully, you know, the highs and lows, they can kind of somewhere meet in the middle here and be a little bit more consistent. Just go back to Tyler Perry, where he has struggled on the offensive side is trying to shake off a defender. And he's had he's had problems with trying to drive on somebody and get around him. He's not winning the foot races to the hoop like a Marquise Noel would. And in a five-out offense, when you're isolated like that and you, you, you got the spacing, you know, part of that five-out offense is being able to drive on a guy and hopefully maybe turn that into a kick out or maybe get a layup out of it. But Well, I, th- I think ball movement, too, will help. I don't think he has to just absolutely get the ball with eight seconds to go and go, go shoot the ball. You know, you can give it up, get it back kind of thing, too. And I, I, I think, you know, doing a better job at that, getting the ball moved from side to side will help K-State. All right, uh, we got a couple of minutes here. Bowl games for the Big 12. It starts Saturday, December 16th. Cal and Texas Tech in the Independence Bowl. The next, or uh, Friday, December 22nd, Gasparilla Bowl, UCF and Georgia Tech. How about the Kansas Jayhawks? Their draw is UNLV in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl out of Phoenix on December 26th. I think that's all Jayhawks easily. Well, so many have said UNLV is better than you think, and I agree with that. But I don't think they'll beat Kansas. <laughs> I just don't. I, I I think KU will win the game. I could be wrong, but I think KU will win. KU an 11-point favorite on a Wednesday, December 27th. Dukes Mayo Bowl is West Virginia, North Carolina. Oklahoma State takes on Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. Uh, the next day is the Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma and Arizona. Iowa State will have Memphis at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, the home of the Tigers, and then college football playoff. Texas gets in as the number 3 team against Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Who'd you think should have been number one after Georgia lost? I thought Michigan. Really? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Washington. Is it? Yeah. I, I, Washington's great, too. I, I've been a big Michael Penix Jr. fan all season long. I've liked him better than Bo Nix for the most part. I just think from a schedule standpoint, it was a little bit of tougher ride for uh, Washington than it was for Michigan. Not everybody would agree with that, but I believe that to be so. And we'll talk more about this later, I know, but... Did the committee get it right? Yes or no? Well, according to what they're supposed to do, <laughs> as in put the best four teams in. <clears throat> so you know. you're saying George is not one of the best four? Well, Alabama beat them. Texas beat Alabama. Yeah. And then you have Washington and and you know, I I, I don't know about number seven, Georgia, dropping six spots after losing the uh, the SEC championship game. We'll talk more uh, college football playoff in hour number two. Plus, more Pop-Tarts Bowl is on the way as well. Social Local News.